Good morning. Welcome to our daily podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, the senior pastor here at the church, and good to have you with me here on this Monday. I'm going to read a short passage from Acts 2, actually verses 42 to 47. We recently read this at church. I'm going to take it in a slightly different direction. Then we're going to pray, spend some time together here in the Word. Before I read, though, I just want to remind everyone that at the end of this month, the end of August, Karen and I are going to be launching a new podcast called Renewing the Center. We're going to be focusing on the inner life, on the heart of the church, the heart of God for you as an individual, and uh, clusters of people in Christian community. We are super, super excited. We actually have delayed the launch of our new podcast to coincide with a sermon that we'll be preaching at Trinity, the church where I serve as pastor, toward the end of the month. So be on the lookout, Renewing the Center. We'll have more information about how you can um, subscribe to the podcast, all that stuff, once it's all live. But first, let me read, and then we'll just plow right on through this passage, which is so close to my heart. I love this text. Acts 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, thank you for the Bible. Thank you for Acts 2, the birth of the early church. I pray, Lord, that as we start our day or wherever it is we are in the day listening to this podcast, that you would give us uh, tracks to run on as we think about how to live our lives in light of what we read here in this passage. God, this is the church, and we're the church, even in a pandemic. So help us to remember what it means to be the church, the markers of these earliest Christians. Let them be markers for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I spent a long time in the second chapter of Acts. It was actually uh, one of the foundational points of study during my doctoral work at Asbury Theological Seminary. So the second chapter of Acts has quite quite actually changed my life. The, the, the time spent in this chapter has been maybe as instructive or more instructive to my own uh, missional understanding, my own theology, and frankly, my understanding of what it means for me to be a Christian is anything in the Bible. So I, I love the second chapter of Acts. Today, I think it would be very helpful for us looking at the lifestyle and the rhythms of the community of the earliest Christians. It would be very helpful for us to think about the fact that this is a description of how these people were known. This was not like a list of things that they were doing uh, because someone told them to do them. This is actually a kind of a mirror, a snapshot of who they actually were and how people understood and knew them. So I'm going to go through and, and essentially try to reframe this passage uh, around categories so that you could see the kinds of things these early Christians were known for and then maybe ask the question, are, are we known? Are you known in the midst of a pandemic? Are you known for these things? Y'all, we cannot cut bait. We cannot give up the call to be the kinds of Christians God's called us to be, even in a time of relative isolation. We have to continue being the church. So let's just march on through. Uh, one of the first things we see, the descriptors, the Christian community is a place of intentional learning. We're told that the disciples devoted themselves to the teaching of those in leadership over them, the apostles. They cared about spiritual growth. They knew that they needed more than just hanging out. 
uh, strumming a guitar, saying a few verses. They needed actually to be taught. They needed to understand uh, what it looked like to be intentional about their spiritual growth. And I think for all of us, uh, God wants one of the descriptors of your life to be that you're serious about growing. So I would just ask you, how are you growing? Uh, where are you submitting to teaching? Uh, where are you submitting to thoughtful and instructive study of the Bible? Uh, the early church was a place of intentional learning. And as we look at our Christian lives, we need to ask the question, where am I creating intentional space to learn and grow in my walk with God? The second thing that we see in this passage that's so important is that the Christian community is built around the table. And I think there is an allusion here to the communion table, but there's also a clear statement here about the dinner table. The Christian community is about belonging. It's about coming together. It's about being united at the communion table. And we're in a season right now where we have, for an intentional uh, season of time during the pandemic, we've abstained from communion as a community on the west side. I think we're going to be working here in short order about how we're going to get you into spaces where you receive Holy Communion. But the truth of the matter is we are in a scattered space right now. We're not all gathered, but we still belong to one another. Your table right now may be as important or more important than ever before. Uh, with your friends, your family, people you trust, people who are in a social cohort with you. Now is a time for us to remember that to be Christian means that you are focused on the table. Uh, both the communion table, which for seasons of abstinence, we don't have communion as much, but the dinner table is always there. I believe the Lord wants us to be the kinds of people who build our lives around the table. In my house, the dining room table uh, is a, a centerpiece for us, um, and we have to contend for that time together. That's true with your family, but it also can be potentially true with friends. Um, it could be true in uh, gatherings of intentional learning and growing that we can share and break bread. It actually enhances the gladness and the sincerity of our hearts, and the Lord wants us to be people who see that. The third thing that we see in this passage outside uh, looking really simply at the table and then a place of learning um, is that the disciples were full of prayer and the power of God. Uh, they did not just live in their heads. Uh, this community of people, they were known to be people who communed with God and experienced the life and the power and the hope of God. And I just want to say to you, God doesn't want you just to be known for how much money you make or what you know. He wants you to be a person who is able to say, I am full of communion with God and able to experience his life, his power. And so I just want to ask you, are you tending to the presence of God in your life? Um, one of the main focal points of the podcast that I'm going to be doing uh, alongside my wife in the weeks and months to come uh, is going to be focusing on tending to a personal rule of life, a way of doing your life with God so that you become more aware of his work in you and around you and frankly more um, tapped into the presence of God and the power of God. Y'all, uh, Jamie Smith says it so powerfully, the philosopher uh, who wrote the book, You Are What You Love, he said, we're not primarily thinking things. We're not brains on a stick. We're meant to be people who are animated with the hope and life of God. The Lord wants you to be a person who tends to him. And that's going to mean for, for most all of us, it's going to mean new rhythms. It's going to mean uh, carving out intentional space in our life to be still at the beginning of our day with the word of God, the Bible in our hand, a plan to read the Bible, and frankly, learning to practice silence and solitude and stillness before God. If we don't slow ourselves down 
we end up missing out on uh, the invitation. Uh, The invitation for us is to tend to the presence of God. And I say it all the time. uh, God will sometimes uh, be elusive to us when our life is full of noise and hurry and crowds and worry. We have to actually slow down. The next thing we see in this passage is that the Christian community is full of people who serve each other and support one another. The earliest church was marked by serviceness, service. They took care of each other. They took care of financial needs, practical needs, relational needs, emotional needs. They turned toward one another and cared for one another. And I would say right now, one of the biggest threats probably looming over your head and mine is scarcity. Scarcity that causes us to think, I don't know if I have enough, so I'm going to turn inward and take care of myself. And I think the Lord is asking us to actually, in a season of pandemic and scarcity, to to find ways to turn outward toward one another in the family of God and toward our wider community. This is why we raised $600,000 at Trinity, the church I pastor during the uh, corona season to meet needs in and around our community. And, and people in our church stepped up. But it's more than just giving money. We've got to actually find ways to meet needs and support and love one another. I want to encourage you to subvert scarcity and selfishness and find ways to include and enfold people. This is a time for us to begin to take care of one another. we got to rediscover what this looks like, especially now. The next thing we see is that the Christian community is full of people who go to church. Uh, The Bible tells us that these early believers were in the temple regularly. Y'all, even in a pandemic, we have to commit to, quote unquote, go to church, even when we can't physically go to a building because it's unsafe and unwise for us to gather in mass. God wants you to be a person who gathers in micro community to worship God with people around you. Here at Trinity, we've encouraged people to find a small social cohort to do church together. I would encourage you to don't forsake that gathering just because we're in the midst of a dark season. Isolation is a very deadly thing. The privatization of our religion is a very deadly thing. We can get really weird if we're out totally on our own. And the Lord wants us to be the kinds of people who remember, quote unquote, that we're meant to go to church even when we can't or shouldn't get in our car to go to church. So what does it look like for you to gather? What does it look like for you to find a a trusted group that you would watch and worship and pray and read uh, and think about God with, that you would actually even participate in our online services? Uh, The the next thing here um, is that the Christian community is marked by people who are full of joy and generosity. Um, They have glad and sincere hearts. And as I look at my own life, I think those are great things for me to think about. God, where are you asking me to grow in joy and generosity? How could I get outside myself? It's a really, really important thing. And I think the last thing I want to say here is that the Christian community is a place that is meant to be attractive to people who are not a part of it. The number of Christians, they grew not because of clever sales speeches or marketing strategies. They grew because these people were winsome and attractive in their devotion to God. People wanted to be a part of it. And I would just ask you, is your faith winsome? You know, some of us talk a lot about uh, reconciliation and healing, and yet we're not terribly reconciled people. Uh, Some of us talk a lot about theology or about doing right or being right, and we're not necessarily very attractive people to people around us who don't know the Lord. The early Christian church was a place that was very appealing, and I believe the Lord wants you and me to be the kinds of people who also are attractive to a watching world. I hope this gives you some stuff to think about here today, uh, some meat to chew on, if you will, uh, tracks to run on. 
Father, I pray that you would speak peace over us, that you would help us to think about our lives and look at you and ask for grace to be more and more aligned to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll see you when we see you.